I want to live a life full of meaning every day of my life. Mm -hmm. I'm not, and that's how I started Aptarana, that I'm not going to say to myself, I'll wait until my son finishes treatment to start this. No, if I can start something today, I want to do it. I want to be able to live my life day by day to the fullest. But I really like the book, The Power of Now, which is, it's about living today. Mm. We don't have to just worry about the future, nor do we need to relive the past and the difficult memories that we've lived in the past. It's about now. What is it that I can do now for my child? What is it that I can do now for the parents who are going through treatment? That keeps me grounded and it gives me a sense of purpose that allows me to live a life full of passion and meaning. back to the Kelvin Podcast. I'm your host, business mentor and personal brand strategist on a mission to inspire a minimum of five people a day to take action, do something different and show up as the best person that they aspire to be. Are you one of my five a day? Keep all your messages coming. Let me know on Instagram at Kelly Lundberg Official and let me know what you've been inspired by. Was it something on this episode? Keep them coming. It makes my day and it makes my guest day knowing that it has had such an impact. Thank you in advance for being one of my five a day. If you haven't already, drop a review on Apple Podcasts. These reviews help secure even more guests to come on the show and it just takes a couple of minutes. Tell me which episode you like and it just draws more attention and more credibility. In today's episode, I speak to Lama. Now, Lama is an advocate for kids battling cancer. After her son was diagnosed with cancer when he was just two and she really witnessed firsthand the sort of awe-inspiring resilience and determination and bravery of her own child and and other children going through treatment. Um, She really believes that children are true superheroes and there's no doubt about that. And this really inspired her to launch a children's book entitled Super Kids. And then she went on to establish Abtaluna, which is a Dubai-based social enterprise whose name actually means our superheroes in Arabic. And it's a community for families whose children are fighting cancer and she really strives to raise awareness of paediatric cancer. I was so inspired by this episode, her story, and you know, I, I, I really at one point was like, hold it together, Kelly, hold it together. She really is truly inspiring. Enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Kelly Lundberg Podcast, Lama. It's great to have you. We met just a few months ago at a female fusion event. I was utterly inspired by the story and the journey that you've been on and was so desperate to invite you on to share your story. So would you love to give a little bit of a background as to who you are and why you're here today? Sure. First of all, Kelly, thank you from the bottom of my heart for hosting me today. I'm so touched by how you were so inspired. And you said, you got to come on my show. I'm like, definitely I'm in. Just mention when. So Abdalana is a social enterprise that I have created, um, inspired by my own son's journey. It's been a very difficult journey to say the least. Mm-hmm. At the age of two, he was diagnosed with cancer, with leukemia specifically, and it was an absolute shock. He had never been to the hospital before. So all of a sudden we've been told, uh, listen, it's very serious. He's got cancer and you have to start chemotherapy tomorrow. Wow. I was pregnant at the time. It was in the middle of COVID. The last thing you want to be would be at the hospital. But then again, we were, we were forced to live at the hospital for the first year and a half. And mm-hmm. actually today is April 12th. Tomorrow, it would be two full years of Sammy's diagnosis, two years of intensive treatment. 
So that's how the story came and, about. And, and is he in remission now? Or? He is in remission, but yeah. with leukemia, the cancer cells could be hiding anywhere in the body. So in mm-hmm. that particular sample, they couldn't find any cancer cells, but they're worried that there could be elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So that's why cancer treatments for leukemia are generally lengthy. So it's a two year and a half treatment and he will hopefully finish end of August. So what so happens, yeah, I can imagine, but what, how does someone, so you said he'd never been sick and then what, woke up poorly one day and then... Yes. It started with a limp that my husband noticed. Okay. And I thought, well, maybe he twisted his foot while we were walking at the beach. I didn't uh, think too seriously or, about yeah. it. And then he had a few random fevers. So we took him to the pediatrician. He started feeling a bit better with a bit of like medication, but then he couldn't move his arm. So that was mm-hmm. a very big red flag that whatever we thought could be wrong wasn't actually the right diagnosis. So within okay. two weeks, we found out that it was leukemia. And this journey that I've been on also inspired me a lot because sometimes some kids are misdiagnosed mm-hmm. or even it can take months for the proper diagnosis. So it's so important to raise awareness with parents and with pediatricians, because unfortunately there are kids out there who are going through a lot, but sometimes they're unable to express what they're going through. My son was only two, so he would only say wah wah when he's in pain. He wouldn't even tell us where it was coming from. So it's important that as parents, we know what our children are going through to the, the largest expense, extent possible. Do you go for, did you go for like a second diagnosis or a third or? So we were lucky that our pediatrician knew what was happening from the first time, but definitely we did get, go to a second doctor to reconfirm. Yeah. We even changed hospitals to get a confirmation from the lab that it was leukemia. You just leukemia. don't believe it. We I can Im- you, honestly, we were starstruck. And also that's something else to talk about that it's important to get second and third opinions because sometimes the first, you cannot trust it all the time. And parents need to trust their gut feeling that if there's something wrong with my child, I shouldn't just accept the first diagnosis that's given to me because sometimes it's not the correct one. So where did, so so throughout basically living at the hospital for a year and a half, you give birth in between that. Yes, You had COVID to deal with as well. So where did the next stage of, sort of what you were doing, how did that evolve? Yes. So for the first six months of treatment, all I can do was focus on my child and on my unborn child, because the last thing I wanted was to deliver early for any reason. So I had three months to take care of myself, deliver my kid. And then one year after the diagnosis, I thought to myself, I've been through a lot. And what people don't know is that uh, I also lost my first husband to cancer before going through this with my second husband. And I didn't have any kids for my first husband. So I thought I was prepared for cancer because I was the primary caregiver of my first husband and now my son. But nothing prepares you for childhood cancer. So the first thing I did was, my therapy was to write a children's book, which is right here in front of you. And this is your copy. I'm so excited to to read it, but also to share it with my uh, nieces and nephews. Thank you, it means a lot. Um, So Super Kids was my way to normalize talking about childhood cancer with children themselves, with teachers and with parents. So children sometimes hear the word cancer and they associate it to a death sentence. Yeah. Like my own nephews, they're like, oh, so our our cousin has cancer. What does it mean? Like, does it mean he's dying? And that's not fair for children to associate cancer to death. Yes, cancer is a very serious illness. There's no doubt about it. But let's associate it to hopeful words. 80% of childhood cancer cases end up being like they end up finishing from cancer. They end up being treated properly. Oh, as much as 80%. As much as 80%. Of course, it depends on the type of cancer. Yeah. Of course. Uh, some cancers, unfortunately, they don't have treatments. But let's talk about the 80% who do make it. And yeah. let's focus on how we can support those families, children, parents, and the siblings 
and raise awareness about childhood cancer. For example, teachers spend so much time with our kids. Do they know what are the signs and symptoms to look out for when it comes to childhood cancer? What about parents? I always say this, I wish our children came with a manual, but they don't. (laughs) So what is it that we can do to create essential content and essential information, put it out there and uh, let parents learn, especially parents who go through a diagnosis. What's the essential information that they need to know about their child? Where should they be treated, et cetera? All this information is online, but in scattered places and you can't trust all the sources. Mm. So that's also something I'm working on in my social enterprise. That's creating a platform online of information that you can trust, evidence-based, science-based, and an updated directory of the hospitals, the oncologists, and all the support team and staff members who can support a child on this journey, in particular mental health, yeah. uh, because that's also another topic that sometimes we tend to stigmatize a lot. We tend to not talk about it sufficiently, but chemotherapy, radiotherapy, and surgery are not enough when it comes to cancer therapy. We need to think about the holistic perspective. How can we take care of the child's mental health and the family? Because everyone gets affected. What worked for you in that situation? So what worked for me was one, reaching out to parents who have gone through this journey. And mm-hmm. it was a struggle for me. And that's how I also was inspired to create Abtalana. We don't have formal support channels to be able to support one another in the UAE. And that's what I've done through Abtalana. So when parents sign up, they have the option to be part of group support sessions that we are organizing through two partnerships that I'm very proud of. The first is with Lighthouse Arabia and the second is with Monarch Health Centers. And we need therapists to guide us and parents and friends who are there for us. I've been very lucky to have a very supportive husband, family, supportive colleagues as well, because um, when we found out, we had to obviously take a break from our careers. So it's very important for the whole community to be there for uh, a family going through childhood cancer. Mm. So tell me a little bit more about the book. So you're six months yes. in the hospital when you, what, you start getting a creative idea. So, or? Yeah, it was one month after, the, after his diagnosis that I thought to myself, I want to be able to talk about what is it that our children endure when they go through cancer treatment. So mm-hmm. I called the book Super Kids. And what's very special about this book is that it's illustrated by a 12-year-old girl. Oh, wow. And is the that someone that was here book, from the uh, UAE? Or? It's someone who's actually a neighbor of mine in my community. I tried to reach out to four different adult illustrators from around the world, even one in New Zealand. And I just felt that they didn't fully understand the idea that I had in mind. So then I thought out of desperation, let me reach out to my own community in Dubai on a WhatsApp group and say, ask the parents if there are any kids out there who like to draw. And one girl stood out and her name is Malak Jandi. Uh, She lives five minutes away from my house. What are the odds? And the way she's drawn the book is so phenomenal because I don't think... No one beats a kid's imagination and their ability to... I can't believe 12 years old. 12 years old. She can now say on her resume that she's illustrated a book that's been published and available at Kinokiniya Dubai Mall and other stores very soon. And I've kept the traces and the markings because I really appreciate how every single page tells a story. So the book is about Super Sam, inspired by my son and his friends taking you on a journey across 10 different rooms in the superhero headquarters to become superheroes. And in reality, the superhero headquarters are the, is a hospital and every room has to do with cancer treatment. So I talk about technical terminologies like ports and lines. So my son has a port that he has under his skin to be able to inject treatment. And I think it's important for kids to know and not to bully, for example, a kid who has a port. I talk about hair loss, which is a very important topic for kids, obviously, and for adults alike. Mm-hmm. I've talked about mental health, about physical health. So every room takes the reader on a journey of how 
this topic affects cancer treatment and how we as a community as a whole in the UAE and around the world mm. can stand by our super kids and support them on this journey. And when do you recommend or when do you say for people to read it? Like when they're going through or before it's for or everyone. schools or... It's for everyone, whether yeah. it's a kid going through treatment or even people who are not going through cancer at all. The aim is that if a kid is going through treatment themselves, they relate a lot in the book mm -hmm. uh, about certain themes. And if it's someone who's not affected by cancer, who would like to learn about it, this is where I think we, have a, we are accountable as adults to talk to our children about cancer. And cancer is no longer a word that is not heard of before. Like before, maybe it wasn't as common, but nowadays it's unfortunate we have kids, we have parents, we have grandparents who are going through cancer. So children are more aware of the word, mm. but they don't truly understand what it is and what it entails and how we can support super kids. And where do you sell this? Is it on Amazon? So it's available on my website yep. and it can be delivered anywhere around the world. And just recently it's hit Kenya Kenya in the Dubai Mall. So I'm really proud of that. Amazing. Congratulations. Thank and then you. the profits, what are you yes. contributing? So Abdalana is a social enterprise. Yep. So the, this is a revenue stream for Abdalana and also it's going to a Jalila Foundation. Mm -hmm. Jalila Foundation is one of our primary partners. They've been incredibly supportive to be able to raise awareness together of childhood cancer. And also they're building a cancer specific hospital that will be hopefully launched in the next couple of years. Mm. So we're working on this together. And the aim is that everything, all the services that I'm providing are free of charge for the families going through cancer. And I organize a lot of events, community events that are also free of charge. Yeah. So that keeps it uh, sustainable. Very good. So um, how is your son now? I know we spoke beforehand, yes. um, but can you maybe share how, how he's doing at the yeah. moment? Thanks for asking. So he's endured a year and a half of what we call frontline treatment and he had a high intensity treatment. So it meant that he was having way higher doses of treatment because he didn't achieve remission after the first month, which is so called that induction. what frontline means? Yes. Higher Fri dose. Frontline is the first stage of treatment. Yeah. And then post that it's maintenance. So he's thankfully hit maintenance last June. So it's been exactly a year of the maintenance phase. It means that he continues getting treatment, but it's not as intense and doesn't require hospitalization for the treatment. Mm -hmm. So now we go to the hospital every one to two weeks to get a blood test done to find out what his neutrophil counts are, which is his immunity level. Mm -hmm. Obviously, chemotherapy kills the good cells and the bad cells. And the good cells are obviously the immunity system. And without a proper immunity, that's where their kids are at a higher risk of catching infections. So we are, as I said, going to finish treatment in August. He, how is he doing? He's doing great, thankfully, overall. A lot of ups and downs, to be honest. With treatment comes very serious side effects. So he's encountered a lot of very serious side effects. He's doing well at school. He missed out on half of the first term of school because of infections. Second half, he's doing better, thankfully. And um, does that mean then he has to go back a year or because no, he's still so small? He's still small. He's only four, so he, yeah. he doesn't have to skip the year. Um, but that's also one of my concerns for older kids, that how do they manage yeah. you know, skipping school when they have tests and exams and some exams are important for college. With my son's age, it's relatively easier, mm -hmm. but it's the older kids that I also uh, I'm very concerned about and to make sure that their school is supporting them on this journey. In a nutshell, he's good. Obviously, he's not as strong as other kids. So when he started school, he wasn't able to run or jump. But now he tries so hard uh, to be able to jump a bit above the ground. And he's so proud of himself. And I really appreciate how a kid his age has endured all this traumatizing experience, yeah. to say the least. And he still manages to smile. And really, it's been an absolute inspiration that kids 
obviously they don't understand sometimes the impact of what they're going through. And they're just, all they want to be is be happy and to be surrounded by people who care about them. Mm. Uh, and that's something that we've also learned uh, that it's important that the hospital setting is a comfortable setting for him. So mm. we would literally organize like parties for him, bring the musical instruments, play music and dance, because sometimes he wouldn't even be allowed to leave his room. Yeah. So the mindset that parents have is so incredibly important so that they can endure the treatment and their children can endure the treatment in a proper way. Let's talk a little bit about that and the parents that are going through it. So sure. it's, you know, so you've gone through, you know, giving birth and you, did you, did you go back to work in the end? Or? So I resume, I was working on a project with the government. I'm yeah. a project manager and consultant with the private, uh, with a public entity here in the UAE. So I completed my project eventually. And then I stopped working after that. It was just not possible to, I was going to say. be committed to a project uh, when my son was going such through such intensive treatment. And also my husband had to uh, stop treatment, uh, stop working for a while. But thankfully he resumed recently uh, mm. now that uh, our son's treatment is not as intense as before. Okay. But it's not easy for, and I also think a lot about parents who need the insurance, need the residency to stay in the UAE. To what extent are companies supporting them mm. and understand what they're you, going through? Do you think companies don't do enough? I think it's case by case. Yeah. You hear of companies um, that are super supportive and I really appreciate that because it's out of our control. It's out of our hands. Sometimes plan to attend an event and then all of a sudden uh, we found out that our child has a fever and if they're neutropenic, it means immediately they have to be hospitalized. Mm. And that's what happened to us three weeks ago. So um, it's important that companies are understanding of what a parent endures. Is that something that you could look at um, supporting organizations sure, definitely. With, with that? And does that come into 100%. the social enterprise and what you're doing? Yes, yes. I focus a lot about that on my LinkedIn page. That yeah. uh, It's important to ask the questions. And like as employees and as managers, as company owners, what is it that you have in place to support families who are going through difficult journeys like childhood cancer? It could be just flexibility that, you know, certain days of the week, this uh, employee is, has to be able to work from the hospital, not even from home. Yeah. So is there flexibility on that front or not? What happens with medical insurance? Does it properly cover the child's treatment mm. if the parent has to take a leave of absence, for example? So all these questions are important questions. And I always, I've been, I started working on creating workshops with companies to be able to raise awareness. So I've started that and I, I want to increase that over the next year or two to be able to raise awareness with the private sector and also the public sector, because they have the responsibility also to take care of the employees and their kids. What about the parents then at the heart of it? So yes. we kind of touched on that and then I came back and asked another yes, question, yes. but I really want to go back and highlight that because yeah. there's being strong for each other. Yes. The spouse, they're strong for the kids. Your, your new baby that arrived, you want to devote the time to it. So you know, from your own personal journey and maybe what advice do you have for other parents that are maybe listening and yes. watching? So first, it's really important to delegate. I learned it the hard way because with my first child, I didn't even have a nanny for the first year and a half. So I was doing everything hands-on. And then you realize that it's just not possible. And it's guilt can eat us alive sometimes. And we shouldn't feel guilty that, okay, if the circumstances are forcing us to be with one child over the other, we shouldn't be guilty about it. We compensate whenever we can. And it's important to rely on others for support. The other spouse, other family members, friends. I rely a lot on my nanny and I respect her and we treat her like family because she was there for us when we needed her the most. So one is delegate. Two, mental health. It's important that we 
take the time to speak to family, friends, coaches, therapists to be able to vent. And it's not right to bottle all these emotions. Mm. And it's a lot of moments are traumatizing during the experience, like getting surgeries. Our kid goes through anesthesia, general anesthesia every three months. And seeing a child going through that is very difficult. I've had a few in my time and I don't envy that at all, you know, so a child, it's just, it's it's hard for, I have a, someone I really respect, a a parent of a child at my school. And she's like, uh, my child had to go through general anesthesia to, for a tonsillitis. And she's like, I I cannot even begin to imagine what you're going through day in, day out. Every 90 days. And every 90 days to the day we have to do it if his blood counts permit. So it's a lot. You wouldn't want an adult to go through child, to, through cancer, let alone a child, your own yeah. child to go yeah. through it. And the third point I want to make is it's really important, the mindset. I always talk about the importance that if there's something that we can control as parents, it's our responsibility to work on it, to improve, for example, the circumstances, our, our kids experience at the hospital. But there are things that are out of our hand. Mm. So whatever is out of our hand, we need to just succumb to the fact that sometimes some things are out of our hands. So let's live life to the fullest while we can. Mm. We traveled to Australia last December for three weeks. And that was a very big step to make that he was in the middle of treatment still, um, but we wanted a break. So we took all the precautions and we got the green light from our doctor to travel and we did it. So it's important that we, as a family, not put all our life on hold. Create memories. Create memories, flip things. So Mm. Instead of uh, not talking about cancer and treating it like the elephant in the room, let's talk about it. Let's vent. Let's let it out. Talk about how was the experience for you? Instead of, you know, just putting stuff, hiding stuff under the carpet and think to ourselves, you know what, this kid will forget what they've experienced. No, on the contrary, I think it's important that we talk about it and that we try within our circumstances to live a life that's, I don't like saying that life that's happy, but a life full of meaning. Uh, I think that's the most important. How have you changed as a person? Because, I mean, there, there must be so many elements of things that were important to you before. Yes. Now we're not. But yeah. how, how has that affected you and, and, and changed you as a person? Yes. Uh, so I have a master's degree in international social and economic development. So it's always been my passion to create projects and initiatives that impact the society in a positive way. But it's become my identity, my sense of purpose. And honestly, after losing my husband, I'd, it was very hard for me to say the word cancer. But then I realized that I tried my hardest to be there for my first husband and to take care of him. Mm. Um, And we even had a bucket list and we actually worked on it and we completed a few of his items before he passed away. It's changed me in the sense that I want to live a life full of meaning every day of my life. Mm. And that's how I started Aptarana, that I'm not going to say to myself, I'll wait until my son finishes treatment to start this. No, if I can start something today, I want to do it. I want to be able to live my life day by day to the fullest. So there's much more of a sense of urgency. Sense of, uh, I, I, I really like the book, The Power of Now, which is, it's about, it's like Eckhart Tolle, it's about living today. Mm. We don't have to just worry about the future, nor do we need to relive the past and the difficult memories that we've lived in the past. It's about now. What is it that I can do now for my child? What is it that I can do now for the parents who are going through treatment? That keeps me grounded. And it gives me a sense of purpose that allows me to live a life full of passion and meaning. Mm. So uh, I hope that answers your question. No, absolutely. Years ago, I did a TEDx talk and the theme was time. And the topic that I did was based on a book called Life in Half a Second. And how when we actually look at how long we've lived as, as human beings, 
we actually are only here. I think he worked it out for this half a second, really, in the lifespan of humans. And that just, it switches something in you to go, well, how are we living now? What is it that we're doing? And I remember, and even still now I think about it, I think it drives a lot of what I do and hugely through your initiative and having witnessed, you know, firsthand going through what you've gone through. I, I watched your TED talk and you're so right that... Um, oh, did you? Yeah, you, you were counting <laughs> how many days you have left until yes, you turn I did. 80. Yeah. And, and it's so true that um, sometimes if, if we go through a lot in our past, uh, some people, unfortunately, they live in those moments. They relive those moments day in, day out, and they live in the past. It's important that we talk to a therapist to be able to understand what we've gone through, to accept it and to move on. Mm-hmm. A lot of people were asking me like, how are, you, how are you so strong with your child being diagnosed and your child now being like, you just gave birth. How are you strong? I'm like, I don't have a choice. I need to be strong for my child, mm-hmm. but I also want to take care of myself. And yeah. that's how, when it was the right moment, I started taking care of myself, not mm-hmm. just of those around me. And I really appreciate Uh, when they tell you on the plane, wear your own oxygen mask before you put it for your own kids. Because if you're not alive and fulfilled, it's very hard to be able to take care of others. You can't pour out of an empty cup after Mm. all. What's frustrated you the most during the past two years? Things that people maybe said or circumstances? The most difficult for us was when science didn't know the proper answer of how to deal with our son's situation. And this is the difficult part that parents need to endure. And I know a lot of parents in the Abdalana group that go through it, that, okay, the child, for example, doesn't reach a certain target, for example, remission. And the, the doctors tell us, you have this option or this option or this option, which one shall we go for? So my, my husband and I went really... Um, we went all out and we contacted 15 international experts from around the world and created a matrix on Excel, very nerdy. And we wrote all their names, their backgrounds and what their advice was. And they came completely split. Oh, wow. And that was hard because then we were discussing this with our pediatric oncologist. What do we do? And we really appreciate the expertise that she has. And she was trying to guide us as much as possible. But sometimes some situations are so hard and you're like, okay, so what do we do? Do we do immunotherapy or not? Or do we do surgery or not? Do we need to transport and take this kid to another hospital or not? And those are the big decisions that are very hard for parents to make because obviously some of us are not medical professionals, uh, professionals, but we have to research a lot, learn a lot and reach out to people who we can trust. And that's not easy. But then again, I was very appreciative of the fact that I was reaching out to doctors from all around the world and they were giving us their advice and Mm. that's very valuable. What piece of advice would you have to someone who's maybe going through it or their family members going through it and, and you want to provide a little bit of support for them? That you're not alone on this journey. Mm. Uh, we're all in the same boat. No one chooses to be on this boat labeled childhood cancer, but we're all in it together. And let's lean on each other to be mm. able to support one another. I've benefited a lot from talking to parents who have gone through this journey because they understand and everything resonates with them. You don't have to explain terminologies or like they just get it. And I've learned so much from these parents. And also yeah. I like to give back to these parents by sharing my knowledge. I can give you a simple example. How do you get a child to take a tablet, a two-year-old? That was so hard. So learning through experiences of other parents, we learned that one, you can crush it and, and mix it with, with food. But then we learned that you can actually teach a three-year-old to swallow tablets. So now our son swallows his own tablets. And we only learned that through like other parents, sharing experiences yeah. with other parents. And that made our life so much easier because it would be 
30 to 45 minutes struggle every single day to give him his medication because he Mm -hmm. wouldn't want to accept it. So learning through experience is so important. And you can only get that when you talk to fellow parents who have gone through the same experience. How can people get in contact with you? I know you're very active on LinkedIn. So when we can, I'll put all the the links in this podcast so people can click on it. But you have your LinkedIn. How else can they find you? And how else can you communicate? So the website is very clear. I have two sections, one for families and one for partners. So a parent should fill as a first step the the family form so Mm -hmm. that I understand what they're going through. And it gives me a good background so that the first time I talk to them and for the rest of the journey, I understand what they've gone through. And for as well, I just want to point out that there's a partnership section. And I really appreciate that a lot of people even I've never even heard of them or companies have filled this form and said, listen, we want to support the cause. How can we do that? And I really appreciate that it's not one person job. The whole community, it's a a multi-pronged approach. How can we have several sectors support us on this cause? The first step is for the parents to sign up and then we communicate through our WhatsApp group and through events that I organize and services that are only for the parents. And it's not about organizing events. There's zero social media. There are zero pictures because confidentiality is key. It took me a lot of time to tell the world about our son's cancer. So it's about some, for some people, it's about timing. For others, they don't want anyone to know about it. So I really appreciate that all this information is confidential Mm -hmm. and we trust each other as parents to not share any information that shouldn't be shared. It's an isolating experience, both psychologically and physically. Psychologically, because sometimes you feel like you're all alone. If family around you don't understand, they're like, "Uh, how about you come with us to this place? And they're like, no, I can't. I can't. It's just not possible. And physically, it's isolating when your child is immunocompromised and you basically create a lockdown. You're in lockdown mode. At home, you cannot go out. You can't have visitors. Like when I gave birth, I couldn't have visitors over for the first couple of weeks. And that was hard because all you want to do is celebrate the birth with people that you care about, but it wasn't possible. So um, it is sometimes an isolating experience, but it is definitely enhanced when we reach out to people who understand what we've gone through. Which we just touch on that. So you had a daughter, was that? Uh, Two sons. Two sons, sorry. So how is he and I guess he's grown up around all of this. I mean, what's his um, engagement? So will he be two now? Yes. So the younger is nearly two. Um, He'll be two in July. Look, he was born in very difficult circumstances where I couldn't be there for him when he needed me sometimes. Because if my son needed me at the hospital, I had to prioritize the son who was going through treatment. But thankfully, his character is just beautiful. He's smiling all the time. He's very attached to me and to his father. And he's just been a bundle of joy for us. And I really appreciate that. Obviously, there was a bit of jealousy at the beginning when my older son came home and saw this creature that all of a sudden (laughs) was taking up a lot of space in this house and had his own stuff. But they appreciate each other a lot. And that's good. I, it means the world to me. So when my son was in, treat, was in uh, the hospital two weeks ago, he had a 20 minute episode of him tearing up saying, I want to go see my baby brother. Uh, and it meant a lot to me because he missed him. And at the beginning, it wasn't like that because obviously he was just jealous of him. So I appreciate the relationship and how it's becoming now. And they're there for each other. Like if one of them is in pain, Immediately, the second, the other person goes and kisses them. And we've taught my younger son to say nice, like to show compassion. And he does that. And it's, it's just, it's those moments in life that truly are so meaningful. When you Mm. see kids or adults being empathetic and being there for one another. Yeah. I just want to say thank you for everything that you're doing and the 
awareness that you're driving to, you know, to everyone that's out there. Because I think everyone's touched by cancer in some way, a friend of a friend, a family, a child, but thank you for driving home, you know, childhood cancer and something that is so delicate and it's not talked about enough. I appreciate your words. I uh, recently launched a hair donation campaign and that's why I cut my hair just yesterday because as a community, we have a lot to do to give back, whether it's a piece of ourselves like our hair. And I'm running a campaign now with 20 hair salons. Anyone can go get a free haircut and all the hair is donated to Friends of Cancer Patients in Sharjah who are creating wigs for people who are going through cancer. We all have a part that we can play, whether it's raising awareness, whether it's supporting families, And I just want to talk that February 15 is Pediatric Cancer Awareness Day and September is Pediatric Cancer Awareness Month. So those Ah. are at least two milestones in the year that entities and individuals can raise awareness. If it was up to me, every month we should talk about childhood cancer, of course. But at least during those two moments of the year, Mm -hmm. let's raise awareness altogether. Schools, governments, private sector, individuals, and in media in particular, I really appreciate that you've wanted to highlight this this cause because people like you have are able to amplify our voices and to raise awareness and and expose causes that are not getting much attention to mm. be honest cancer is a heavy word and when you associate it to childhood it's even heavier yeah. but the solution is not not talking about it yeah. it's the exact it's the contrary well thank you so much for being part of the show i thank so you. appreciate it and just The the least I can do is spread the word and for for everything that you're doing for your family. Thank you, Kelly. You're inspirational yourself. Oh, thank you. Shall we, shall we light hearts? I think I might, this might be my first podcast where like, (laughs) hold it together, Kelly, hold it together. Um, So we've got, you, you really like Esther Perel, actually. She's, she's a relationship and I actually should get her title right, but she created all these cards to Ignite conversation. Beautiful. And I like, so pick one and mm-hmm. see what comes up. And if you feel like answering it, go for it. I was thinking it's a lighthearted way to finish. <laughs> I wish I could spend more money on. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Interesting. So I'm not someone who, who's much of a, a spender. Actually, I worked <laughs> for seven years as the regional head of communications for a big brand that you like. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's funny. I realized that, you know what? It's been an amazing role. I was handling fun countries like India and Turkey and South Africa, but I was trying to save on the budget rather than spending it. And that's where I realized that I'm not in the right place in the luxury (laughs) world. I shouldn't dedicate my entire life to it. So I wish I could spend more money on traveling. Honestly, I, because of COVID, experiences because of COVID and because of my son's treatment, we couldn't travel for a while. So when we had the opportunity to travel to Australia, as I mentioned recently, um, we leapt on it. So yeah, I wish I could travel more and spend more money on traveling. What made you pick Australia? Uh, I'm Lebanese Australian. Okay. So um, it was, it meant a lot to go back home and uh, see friends and family. And obviously, needless to say, but I wish that people spend more money on charitable projects that are like now is the month of giving, it's Ramadan. So there's a lot that we can do when it comes to spending money and to give back. Um, and I really appreciate that the government in the UAE is creating a lot of initiatives mm. to support people in need, whether it's locally or abroad. So great question. One more? Yeah, of Go course. for it. If I could whisper something in the ear of my younger self, I would say, wow, love that. I would say life is about passion and passions change their dynamic. So when I was young, I used to think, what is that I'm going to do all my life? And it's not about that. Like you started as a 
working in, as a cabin crew and then you've changed and you've become a personal stylist and a personal shopper and a TV host. Life changes. And sometimes as kids, we put so much pressure on ourselves. Like, what is it that I'm going to study? And what is it that I want to become for the rest of my life? So I think as kids, we tend to be hard on ourselves in, in that aspect sometimes. So I would say that to myself. I love it. Do you want to finish with one more? <laughs> yeah, I love these questions. I can do them all. Oh, this box is brilliant. And, and you take it out. It's, you know, when you've got friends around. And, it's lovely. And you've got I'm a dice. And yeah, it's really, I'll send you the link for sure. it. Sure. My most irrational fear. Wow. Irrational fear. <laughs> so, so it's funny, but mosquitoes tend to love me. And now it's the season in the UAE. So my irrational fear is mosquitoes um, <laughs> biting me all over. Because I have like right now 30 mosquito bites around my body. Oh, wow. So that is it. That's it's, a lot. It's crazy. Like if I'm in the room with 10 people, I'm the only one who gets bitten. So I think I have this irrational fear of mosquitoes everywhere I go. And have you tried this thing that my friends say about is the Avon? Oh, but I'm desperate. So please oh, suggest. Oh, yes. The, the girls were talking about it on the balcony one day. All of us got bitten. And then apparently I'll find it and I'll, I'll let you know. Oh, that'll be amazing. But it's supposed to be very good. Because, uh, yeah, that's been uh, a fear of mine everywhere. Like, are there mosquitoes out here? Especially now in outdoors. Yeah. yeah. Well, can I just say your hair is fabulous. Thank I didn't you. get the chance to say it. Looks amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the Kelly Lumber podcast, sharing your story. I'm very touched that you've Thank shared you, the Kelly. book with me and I wish you every success. Thank you so much, Kelly. And I hope our viewers uh, will enjoy this podcast and will support in any way they can. Thank you. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did, then please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. This is how more people can hear about the amazing stories and guests that we have on here. Even better, you can also share this on social media. Screenshot it and share it on your Instagram or on your Facebook or on your Twitter account. The more people that see these episodes, the more awareness it brings to small businesses and those that are trying to make an impact and difference. And if you want to know more about how you can develop your personal brand, then check out our new website, Brand New Creators, designed by our in-house team. And we are in the business of helping you to increase your online visibility, build industry authority, lead change, motivate and profit. Who doesn't want that? I look forward to speaking to you soon. Until next time. Bye.